0: Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. You know, I was, I'm preaching today on um, the heavenly, the heavenly ministry of Jesus. Um, I was, you know, we've, I've, we've been studying the, in the book of Hebrews, the heavenly ministry of Jesus, talking about it a lot, and um, the textbook that we're using is in there is a book by uh, Andrew Murray called The Holiest of All, and the theme of that book is there's a new kind of life called The New and Living Way Available for Christians, and it's life behind the veil. Andrew Murray lived in the 1800s, and he called the life behind the veil for the Christian the deeper life, the deeper life. Everyone say the deeper life. And he would also call it life in the spirit or life in the presence of God. It's, a, it's the life that God's called us to. He's called us into a different kind of life than the life that we lived before. Now, you know, recently, you know, there's been a, a lot of activity. I know none of you guys are on Facebook, but there has been a lot of activity on Facebook the last couple days on days um, about uh, this conference that took place in California. Just ended, it's ended today, as a matter of fact, and it's called Strange Fire Conference and it's John MacArthur, who's a very renowned um, evangelical preacher. And he has taken it upon himself to attack the charismatic movement and lump all of it into one, in one bag. And saying, to the effect, saying, you know, lumping Amy Silverman Pearson and Catherine Kuhlman and then, of course, Baker and Swaggart. and listen, those names all under, under one thing and saying that, um, that all these people are deceived. And that, the, and that the gifts of the Spirit, these manifestations of the Spirit are not the manifestations of the Spirit, but are demonic manifestations. And that's, you know, that's, the, that's been the position of, of the, the, the staunch evangelical community for a long time. Many times they won't come out and say it, but that's what the position is. And um, so he's been promoting this, and it's causing interesting, interesting ramifications I, to me, I think it's awesome, to be honest with you, because it, it causes people to make to, make, to, to come out of, the, out of the closet and say what they believe or what they don't believe. There's too many supposed charismatics that are acting like evangelicals that need to get their, their stuff together, and hopefully this will be, you know, God's tool to do it. But, you know, from my perspective, someone that's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's never experienced Pentecostal fire, would think any kind of fire that existed it was strange fire. <laughs> if they've never tasted it, how, how could they know? So, you know, uh, I, and I, I am, like I say from t- all the time, I am Protestant and I am Pentecostal full on. I believe in speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues a lot. I believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is available for every Christian. The Lord wants to baptize every Christian in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That speaking in other tongues is a devotional language for the purpose of spiritual edification. To edify us and to build us up in our most holy faith. It taps us into the supernatural realm. How can we live of a Christian life in this world, in the power of God, in a secular world that's totally against Christ and against His anointing. We need the power of God in this generation more than any generation has ever needed the power of God. If you're going to resist temptation, you need the power of God. If you want to affect other people with your testimony, you need the power of God. You need the baptism in the Spirit operating in your life on a consistent daily basis. Now, the, 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 here's the, the, the beauty of this, of this message. The, 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 the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the heavenly ministry of Jesus. That's what He's doing today. He died on the cross as a man 2,000 years ago. After He raised from the dead, He ascended into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God as our heavenly high priest. It says here in Hebrews four fourteen. Seeing then, we have a great high priest. We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So our acknowledgement of the heavenly ministry of Jesus and our partaking of the heavenly ministry of Jesus is exactly how we step into the experience that He called, that Jesus called, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. How do we, how do we participate in this heavenly ministry of Jesus is by acknowledging his heavenly ministry, receiving his heavenly ministry, just as we acknowledge his ministry on the cross as the sacrifice of our sins, we acknowledge him as the, as the risen Lord and our risen, as heavenly high priest, as our baptizer in the Holy Ghost. So seeing then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now this, this, this person, this person, Jesus, is a person. He hasn't always been a person. He's always been God, but he became a human person. He became a human person when he was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a life as a human being. He died on the cross as a human being. He was resurrected from the grave as a human being. He ascended into heaven as a human being. And when he walked into the streets of glory after his resurrection, after his ascension, he entered into heaven for the first time as a man. When he left... He was the Son of God, not in a human body. When he came back, he came like one of us. He came exactly like one of us. He became one of us so he could be our heavenly high priest. When he sat down at the right hand of the Father, the Father anointed Him with the oil of gladness above all His brethren, all, all of His brethren. He anointed Him as the, as the Son of God. He anointed Him as the King of kings. He anointed Him as the ruler of the universe. So seated today, right now today, at the right hand of the Father is a crucified, resurrected, glorified human, a Jewish man with Jewish features. From Nazareth in Galilee, born of the Virgin Mary, supposed to be the son of Joseph, but actually the son of the Father, conceived by the Holy Ghost. A hundred percent man seated at the right hand of God, and he represents me. To the Father. He represents every child of God. Every person that's called on the name of Jesus. Every person that's been born again. He represents us before the Father. The Father looks at Christ. And he sees you. And he sees me. Washed in the blood of his Son. He is my representative. Only a man can represent me. And he is my man. He is the one who represents me before the Father. And on the other side of that coin... He is also absolutely the son of God. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't created in the womb of a virgin. He took on human flesh in the womb of a virgin. He has lived eternally with His Father. He is the eternally begotten Son. He is the outshining of the Father's glory. The very radiance of the Father's glory. Like He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Out of the Word, He created everything. He's the Creator, Jesus Himself, Son of God, is Creator of all things. So here we have this great mystery seated at the right hand of the father is this son of God who is also the son of man. And he looks at his brothers and he looks at his sisters, those he's purchased with his blood, and he represents the father to us. Just as He represents us to the Father, He represents the Father to us. So Jesus told His disciples in that last meeting that He was with them in John 14, just after He washed their feet, just as He was teaching them about the soon coming of the Holy Spirit, one of the disciples asked Him, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be enough for us. And He said, Philip, have I been with you so long? and you still don't know me if you've seen me philip you've seen the father i am the way and the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by me jesus is the exact representation of the father's nature He is the Son of God. He is the outshining of God. He's the the emanation of God. He is to the Father what the rays of the sun are to the sun. The beams of the sun shining out from the sun. The glory of the sun shining down. The Son of righteousness has risen with healing in his rays that are the outshining of the very glory of God. So, yeah, I have a high priest. He is a man. And He is God. He is both. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. He came and lived amongst us. And now He's representing us before the Father. This, understanding this, believing this, and, and, and participating in this truth is the key to the higher life. It's how we get in. Uh, when you begin to see Christ as this person that I'm describing, your heavenly high priest... All you'll be able to do is worship Him. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 33, that because Jesus, this is what Peter preached. He said, because Jesus has been exalted to the right hand of the Father, that which you see and hear has been poured out. He said, he's, poor, he's looking around at thousands of people being touched by the Holy Spirit. He says, what you're seeing happening here is the results Of Jesus taking his rightful place, son of man and son of God, because Jesus is glorified. It's what, what Jesus, what John said in John 7, verse 37 through 39. Remember what Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And John said, he added his commentary to that, and John said, and he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But when Jesus took his place as, the, as our Melchizedek, as our heavenly high priest, and sat down at the right hand of the Father, there, proceeded from the Father and from the Son, a mighty river of the Holy Ghost began to flow out to whosoever will, whoever is thirsty can come and drink. Oh yeah, I believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've been drinking from this baptism now for 40 years of my life. I've been praying in the Spirit daily, not out of my mind, but out of my man that's been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been praying in the Holy Ghost for 40 years now. This is my portion. This is my life. There's a deeper life available for all of us. Now this goes on, and I love this, this passage. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin." Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might have obtained mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What Paul is saying here is many times people don't feel like they're, they're good enough to approach God with their problems. They think they need to go to an earthly, someone earthly, a, a preacher, a pastor, or a priest. They need to go to some earthly man to make their confessions. They need to go to some pastor to invoke the name of Jesus over them or or some priest to listen to their confession. Oh, it's not necessary. We have a man. Yeah, we have a man. We have a man who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He understands every temptation you've ever faced because he he was tempted himself in every way you've been tempted, yet he did not bow his knee. Every one of us have fallen in some measure, in some degree, but this one man never fell, never sinned, and he represents me before the Father. He understands my frame. He understands my weaknesses. He understands my challenges. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, I've offered my blood as a sacrifice before my Father. You have access to the Father by faith in my bloods. You know, this is the scary thing. I have the same access to the Father as Jesus has, the very same. And you do too. The chief of sinners has the same access. Paul called himself chief of sinners because he killed Christians. And he had the same access as Peter did, as John did, as Stephen did. He had the same access. The prostitutes that were saved from off the streets had the same access. The priests that came to Christ had the same access. You... Today, have access into the holiest of all. The veil has been torn. The blood has been shed. And he's calling you in. He's not holding any of your sins against you. He is your high priest. Come into his presence. Receive his love. Whosoever will, come. Come in. So we have a a high priest. And this 725, Hebrews 725, this talks about, again, about this, this heavenly high priest. Therefore, talking about this because of who he is as our priest, therefore he is able to save. The word is safe means is sozo. It means save your whole man, your mind. Your emotions, your body, and your spirit, every part of you, whatever is ailing you, whatever's been broken by sin, whatever's been broken in your life, whatever's not working properly, he's able to save to the uttermost. Everyone say uttermost. I love that word. Say it again, uttermost. It means totally and finally. It means eternally and completely. It means for all time and total healing in all ways. He is able to save to the uttermost all those who come to God through him. Because He lives to make intercession for them. Right now He's representing me, calling me in. The doorway's open, come in. Come in. Come in. The throne of grace is open. Come in. Let me wash you in my blood. Let me baptize you in in my Holy Spirit, and I'll save you to the uttermost. He not only accepts us, He transforms us. His saving power changes us from what we used to be into a son or a daughter of God. He saves to the uttermost. He makes a compromiser into someone with strong moral convictions. He makes an adulterer or an adulteress into a holy man or woman of God. He makes a blasphemer into a righteous man or a woman. He makes a thief into a trustworthy human being. He changes us from what we were. He changes us. He changes a liar into someone you can trust. Oh, yeah, he saves to the uttermost. He saves to the uttermost by the power of his spirit. He saves to the uttermost. He transforms inside and outside the whole man. So this high priest, Paul, also in Romans 8, spoke about this. This high priest. Yeah, yeah, he's seated at the right hand of God. He's the Father's gift to mankind. Who is he who condemns? Romans 8 34. If Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What can separate us if, if God's love demonstrated in His nail-print hands on the right in front of the Father is this Son of Man with the marks still in His body? Marks in his body, the whipping marks, and the nail marks, and the spear marks, and the thorn marks still on his body, this beaten man in his glory. Who can separate me from the love of God? His love is demonstrated before the Father. God so loved the world, and he's loving me still. What can separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulation Shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we're killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? That's the question. Are you persuaded? I am persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He is my heavenly intercessor at the right hand of God. He's the mediator of a better covenant. You know, the Old Testament priests were mediators of a covenant that didn't work. It failed. They had to come and offer sacrifices for their own sins. Our high priest never had to offer a sacrifice for his own sins. They had to come offer—before they offered sacrifices for us, they had to offer sacrifices for themselves. And their sacrifice was imperfect. They offered animal sacrifices. Jesus offered Himself as His sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice— they were types and shadows. He was the real thing. Their covenant had no power in it. The Old Testament, look what it says here. He has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he's also the mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. The Old Covenant exposed our sinfulness. The New Covenant forgives us and transforms us and empowers us to live a godly life. The Old Testament had, had the, the, the law written on s- tables of stone. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not kill. These were written on stones. They were put in the Ark of the Covenant, a type and a shadow of a human body. Written on the tables of our hearts is the law today. He's put his word. He's put his words in our hearts. This, there's a transformation now. There is a change. Oh yes, yes, we, we have access by grace, but grace is never an excuse to live like the world's. Grace empowers us to live different from the world, transforms us from what we were to what we're becoming, takes us out of darkness and into God's marvelous light, not only washes us, but transforms us. This is a new and better covenant. It has the power to change us into men and women of God. He washes us clean, then he fills us with his spirit. And this new spirit inside of us, the Holy Spirit that's stirred up when I pray in tongues, begins to live this Christ life. He begins to live the life in me. I can't, but he can. I can't say no to temptation, but he can stir up the gift of God. He's not a compromiser. And he wants to live his holy life inside of you and inside of me. He's more than enough. He's the mediator of a better covenants. Yeah, he's the Paul also called him the, the minister of the of the sanctuary. Yeah, there is this this tabernacle on earth was a type and a shadow of the real. But in heaven, you know, when, when we get there, when we step into the, it's gonna be such a cool thing. Whoa. When we go, when we go there. There'll be no sun and the, the sun will not light our days and the moon will not light our nights, but Christ will be the light. It won't even have a, t- a temple because Christ will be the temple. He is the temple. It's going to be incredible. Now he's today, during these 2,000 years, he is seated at the right hand of the Father and one of his titles, now this is the main point of the things we're saying, Paul says, Paul, Paul said, this is what I've been trying to say. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary. Call, you say that, minister of the sanctuary. I love that. He, today, Je- now see, Jesus came as the Lamb of God. Today, he's the heavenly high priest. John prophesied that they was coming when he would be the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. That's who he is today. The minister of the sanctuary and his main ministry is the ministry of water is of baptism not in water but in another substance he baptizes us in the heavenly river The river that flows from the throne of God. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. That's what he does. He immerses us into this substance that's a real person, just like the Father is a person and Jesus is a person. There's this third mysterious person that's so awesome, and he is the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, the advocate, the helper, the one called alongside to help, our intercessor. And Jesus comes, and he takes us as we acknowledge his heavenly ministry. And don't get stuck on the types and shadows. We acknowledge His heavenly ministry, and this is this what, this is what our, our Christian world needs today. This is what the body of Christ needs today. This is what John MacArthur needs. This is what the Seeker Sensitive movement needs. This is what Joel Osteen needs. This is what all those talking heads on TV need. They need to acknowledge this one who's at the right hand of God and stop taking away His ministry. Stop taking away His ministry. Don't try to change His ministry because you're embarrassed about His ministry. His ministry is not something to be ashamed of. His ministry today is the heavenly baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And when you receive His ministry, you will speak in other tongues. It's the will of God. It's the plan of God. Read your Bibles. Don't change what it says. Jesus is a baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Oh, you will receive power not many days from now. You will receive power and you'll be my witnesses in all the world. You'll speak in other tongues. You'll prophesy. You'll, You'll cast out devils. You'll lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. On the day of Pentecost, suddenly the place where they were gathering was filled with the sound of a rushing mighty wind and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who is this gift for? Peter said it's for you and for your children and for all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Jesus, yeah, just because some so-called charismatics have done stupid things, people in every in every i mean some catholic priests have done some stupid things some baptist preachers have done some stupid things some airplane pilots have done stupid things all kinds of people have done stupid things it doesn't we don't throw everything out because of stupid people doing stupid things we go back to the scriptures and we find out what they say and we say our god is not a liar he is our heavenly high priest so we'll finish with this this last passage here. He's, now, these, these verses, this, this was not a chicken ranch revelation. This was, this was a, a Coos Bay, Oregon, living in Coos Bay, Oregon, tree planting revelation. You know, we planted, I planted trees. We lived in the mountains for seven months without coming back. We lived in tents with my wife. Our son, who was a baby, is an infant. He was just a few weeks old when we first went up there. We lived in tents two hours from the nearest town. We planted trees for seven months. We'd drive to town on the weekends to get our, our groceries and to take a bath once a week. And that was what, the way we were living. We lived up there. We, we lived off the, of, out in a camp a couple hours away from town, up in the, in the, in the forest in Washington and in Oregon, in the, where they're planting and, and, and c- harvesting the trees to build your houses here. It was pretty cool, but one day it snowed, and when it snowed, you couldn't plant trees, so we had to take a day off, and we went to town, went to Coos Bay, Oregon, and I found a a Bible bookstore there, and I, I found a little book. I never even knew about this guy, but I found this little book by Andrew Murray called Let Us Draw Near was the name of the book, and it was a little excerpt from his book, Holiest of All. It was one chapter on these verses. Hebrews 10:19 through 22, let us draw near. And he was talking about in that one little chapter about, it was so, prof- it was life-changing for me, that one little chapter, and uh, it, was, it was a calling in to a new kind of life. He called it the new and living way, which he got from Paul, the new and living way, life behind the veil, a new way to live our Christian life. Instead of types and shadows, actually we have access to the holiest of all, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Honoring our heavenly high priest. And this is what it says. This is the the climax of Hebrews, this four verses. Therefore, brethren, having boldness. Everyone say boldness. Now this, this first sentence is the most blasphemous thing you could ever say to a Jew right here. Having boldness to enter the holiest. He's talking about the holy of holies. The holiest of all. Paul is saying having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. What's He consecrated for us through the veil? That is His flesh. Flesh was torn. The veil represented human flesh. Our flesh had separated us from God. The veil in the temple was torn when Christ died on the cross. The way into the holiest of all has been opened up for us. We have access into the holiest of all. Not once a year! not just on Sundays or when we have a special revival or a special move of God, but he's saying, I'm introducing to you a new way to live your life, life in the presence of God, walking in the Spirit. There's a new way to live, honoring your heavenly high priest. That is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's the present day ministry of Jesus. He's seated at the right hand of God. The veil's been torn. Human flesh has been ripped on my behalf. It's just as if I was there on the cross, my flesh being torn, the things that kept me away from God being ripped and torn. My flesh being ripped, the flesh of of, of the Son of God was ripped in my place, and as that when that took place, the veil in the temple, this incredible veil, eighteen inches thick, was ripped from the top to the bottom by the power of God. I wonder what they thought about that. Well, the Bible says that many, many, many of the priests began to get converted. I guess that probably had something to do with it. The veil ripped when the Son of God died, the sacrifice had been offered. No longer do we need animal sacrifices. No longer do we need types of shadows. No longer do we need humans to do our praying for us. We have access into the holiest of all. The way in has been opened, and he sits at the right hand of God with a smile on his face, calling, come, whosoever will, let him come and drink. If anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. I have water to give that you know not of. Come and drink this water. If anyone drinks the water that I have to give, you'll never thirst. You'll never thirst after the waters of this world again. I'll satisfy you completely and totally. Come and drink. Come and be saturated in my presence. Come in, my sons and daughters. The sacrifice has been offered. I am your heavenly high priest. Come in to the presence of Almighty God. Be seated in heavenly places with me. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.